0: Anyway, have you guys been blessed by this series so far? Yes, yes, yes. All right, so we're, we're concluding this series this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. The entrance of your world gives light and understanding. We pray that you'll open our eyes this morning to see what you have for us and our relationships, our marriages. We're better in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So we started this series, it's complicated, um, by talking about what love is. So we defined love, you know, from 1 Corinthians 13. And I think the messages are on SoundCloud just in case you missed any of the series. And then we went over to talk. The second teaching was talking about, um, we did a case study on Rebecca. On Rebecca and how you can position yourself... You know, to be the right person and also to find the right person um, as a man. And then last week, Fred, Fred preached the house down last week. An amazing message. Yep, yep. You know, talking about how you can be be your true self, how you can be authentic. You know, how you should be authentic when it comes to your relationships. And, you know, today I'm just going to end, um, you know, talking about the the one single thing that makes a man afraid, or that a man is afraid about. And you know, that that one single thing that a woman is also afraid about when it comes to relationship. You know, um, if Jesus were here and he was going to do a premarital counseling session, huh, this is the scripture that he will read for you. Let's go into Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 25. Ephesians 5, 22 to 25 says... Wives, submit to your, ho- your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands... Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Gave himself for her. I have I've come to discover that that single thing that men are afraid of, of getting in marriages, that's the thing that God has told wives To give to them. And that thing that women are afraid of getting in marriages, that's the one thing that God has said for the men to give to them. Women want love. Men want respect. Those two things it's love and respect you know when before before i started this series you know i was having a conversation with some people and you know you know ladies are always like um well we don't know why why are men afraid to commit men are afraid of commitment like why it's because of respect that's why a man is afraid to commit If I marry this girl, who doesn't even respect anyone, will this person respect me as a husband? If I marry this girl who earns more than I earn, will she respect me as a husband? I remember when Faith and I were were dating. When courtship, Um, we're talking, and you know, she she was asking me at a point. You know, we've been dating for maybe about six, seven years then or so. She was like, so, um, you know, like, what's up, (laughs) you know. Um, so I mean, where 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 are we heading? I mean, what's the plan? Kind of something like that. I mean, if we did have been dating someone for like six, seven years, um, it's a very valid question, right? <laughs> um, you know, so like, you know, yeah. So so where where are we? And and I told her that I'm I'm trying to get some things done. You know, I want to get some things before. Um, before I take the next step. And what I was trying to get, you'll be shocked. This is, these are the things that I feel will make her respect me as a man. There are three things. I wanted to get, buy a house. I wanted to buy a brand new car. And then I, I wanted to, I wanted my income to be about fifty thousand dollars a year. These were the major three things. That was why I was stalling. You know, because for me those things would would make her respect me. And I'm just, I'm, I'm being honest right here. That's that's what I felt. That, you know, uh, I mean, I should be able to drive something nice. I should have my own house. You know, I had an apartment, but I wanted to buy my own house. And then she said you know, that um, when we get married, like, don't you think you'll be able to achieve all these things faster than just making us wait indefinitely? Because when the waiting was going to end, I didn't know. All I knew was I wanted to achieve these things. You know, and I will never forget. She told me I was driving I was on 695. I would never forget when she said it and how it happened. And I thought about it. I was like, hmm. Well, I think think she made some sense. You know, maybe. Maybe. So I battled with that. I went back and forth. And, you know, I, I had to ask myself, why do you want these things? And it's because I was looking for respect as a man. And there's nothing bad in that because God knows that that's what men want when you respect a man you, you honor him as your husband you, you, you praise him even when he's not even doing well you, you still you help his confidence men have ego we all do men we have it and God is saying, respect this man. When a man sees that a woman would respect him, he wouldn't be scared of commitment. He won't. But you are dating. During your dating time alone, alone, you're just showing yourself as, as, who, as who you are. Let's just leave it that way. You know, What does it mean to what what makes a woman respect you as a man? Talking to the men now, this time around, it's in there in that same scripture we read. It says that for the husband is head of the wife. The husband is what is head of the wife. You have to make sure you maintain. Your headship. It is when you are the head that is what earns you the respect, not the things you possess. It's your headship as a man that does what? That earns you the respect that God is talking about. Your headship. You know, I've met a couple of very lazy men. Lazy. You know, they leave everything. They leave it to the women to do. You know, They just chill. (laughs) You have to be the what? The head. If you look at our physical structure, without the head, the body is going nowhere. The body can't live. The body can't do anything without the head. There are five... Important things about if you look at our head, you know, if you look at your head, you know, there are certain things about the head that you notice. You, you, you have your eyes, right? You have your eyes, you have your nose, you have your mouth, you have your ears, and you have your brain in your head. All these things, they mean something when God says that a man is the head. Your sight means that as a man, As a visionary, you as a man, you have to be a visionary. That's what your sight is for. Where are you taking us? You know, as the head of this house, this family, right? Where Where are we going? You know, what's your plan for us? You know, what's your plan for the kids? Oh, this is 2019. Okay, so how do we make sure 2019 is not like 2018? What's going to be different about this year? Oh, is it? are you still going to bring in the same income? A man has to be a what? A visionary. You see where the body is meant to go. Right? You see where the body is meant to go. If I want to go outside now and I want to just take a quick peek, if it's safe... Then I take the body. If it's not safe, then I go back inside. Right? That's what the head does. Hardly will you see people coming with their body first and then their head following? You, you, you don't see that. If you see that, run. <laughs> so a man has to be a what? A visionary. Not just a visionary. He has to be a listener. Someone who listens listens. Don't be so full of yourself as a man. We know you are the head but it doesn't mean that the head knows everything. The head still needs the body to go with it. There are times when, you know, um, you know faith, faith would uh, tell me certain things or, you know, I need, I need answers to some things and you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I really don't even know what to do. you know. And then she would suggest something. You know, and what she suggested is very good. You know, and that's the only suggestion. And I will say, you know what, well, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead with that. Um, we can go ahead with that, you know, as the head of the house. Not like I have any other idea anyway. <laughs> but A, the head of a family has to be a good what? Listener. A Listener. There is safety in the multitude of counsel. By the time you get to a point where you're a father, you should be able to also listen to your children. There are times when they will say certain things and you're like, oh, wow. Maybe that's what we should be doing. Not just the listener. If you look at the body, you know, you have your nose where you breathe through, right? A man has to be the one breathing over his family. He has to be the breather. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Christ is the one that gives life. But a man has to be the one breathing life over his family. In your home, you make sure that there is peace. In your home, you make sure there is joy. Be the one. Be the the funny person in your home. Bring humor into your home. You make sure that the kids have what they want. Your wife is happy. You are happy as a person. That's what it means to breathe. You, you, you're breathing, you know, peace, not discord. Not, not you know, not, um, uh, what's the word now? Not confusion. Not chaos. You know, you know, set the vacation time. You know, oh, we're going here this year. Oh, um, tell the kids, hey, we're going to the movies. Be the ones to initiate all these kind of things. That's what it means to breathe life. So when the Bible says, oh, the wife must submit to the husband as the head, you have to know what to do as the head. It's not just a title. A lot of times people take it as a title. It's not just a title. There are things that you're meant to do. You don't want to marry someone who shows no headship at all. You don't want to marry someone who shows no what? Headship. It's dangerous for you as a woman. The way you honor God, the way God is the, is, the, is the groom of the church, that's the kind of relationship that it also wants for us. When you look at the head also, the head has the mouth. <laughs> you speak life. You speak what? You speak life. You pray. You pray as a man over your family. You know, some men delegate that to their wives. You know, they're like, "Ah," you know, "Ah, thank you. See, um, that God you're talking to, please continue to do that. (laughs) It's really helping our family. As a man, you've been empowered. There's something about your tongue whereby when you speak life over your family, guess what? It comes to pass. It comes to pass. You speak over your children. You will not bring me sadness in Jesus' name. You know, you will not bring shame into this home. You know, everything you do will come to pass. Everything you lay your hands on shall prosper. A good name is better than silver and gold. If your children go around spoiling your name, you will be affected. So why don't you prevent that by speaking life? You speak. You speak the things that you want as a man over your home. You're covered, going out, you're blessed, coming in, you're favored. Everything will continue to work out for your good in the name of Jesus. You just speak. You just speak. No one is saying, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to call a revival or a crusade. Just, just, just speak. Just speak. And here's the last thing. For you to be the head, you have to be a thinker. You have to be a what? I don't believe a lot of people think these days. I, 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 I'm very, I'm very frank. I'm just being honest because you see some actions. You know, the Bible says that you know, as a man thinketh, right? So easy. So if you want to know how a man thinks, see how he is. You know, you just, you just see some people do some things, and you're like, yeah, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't, yeah, yeah, don't think that brain is in place. You have to be a what? A thinker. A thinker. That lady you want to marry, you know, she has shared her goals with you. How are you gonna help her? Have you have you thought of that? Or you're only thinking about your own self? You know that income you're earning now, how how are you going to double that? Oh, you want four children? How are you gonna take care of four children? What kind of schools are they going to? Are they going to be public schools? Would they be private schools? Where are we going to live? Why do we want to live in this particular place? It might not be a thinker. Oh, how will this affect my wife's career? How do I ensure that we serve? How do I ensure, you know, how, how do we manage our finances? How do we make sure we get out of these debts? How can we set these goals? Are these goals going to be realistic? A man has to be a what? A thinker. You think way ahead. My wife was shocked last month when I told her, I already know the colleges that my children are going to go to and you know the states where they're in, where they would be in. She said, why? I, why are you serious? I said, I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually very serious because I need to make some plans for that. So I, I know... I, what, it doesn't matter what they will study. Huh? They have it in those schools. So, that, they will, they will. yeah, they have it in those schools. If they don't have it, they will have it by then. You know? It doesn't matter what they will study, they will have it in those schools. And I told them they will be in different states, so don't think that a lot of them will be in that. No, no, no. This is, this is, you no. Know. And my last one hasn't even started school yet. <laughs> but he <you> already knows that <laughs> he already has a plan for him. <laughs> you have to be a thinker thinker. Being a thinker doesn't mean you have everything figured out. No. It just means that it's on your radar. You know, this we need to begin to make plans towards this kind of thing. You know, every year, personally, I set goals for myself. I ask my wife to put together our goals and send it to me. We look at it together, I share mine, I share hers. Then I cast the vision for the family. I cast the scripture for the family. As a church, this is our year of greater glory. Yes. But as a family, that was a word that God gave me for our own family. You have to be intentional about all these things. Don't, don't, don't do life Living in a bubble. No. You have to. I'll show you. You will see it if you want to see it. You set the goals and you begin to walk towards it. See, so when you don't set goals, you just live life anyhow. The year ends and you are like, wait. Um, so did someone ask you, so how was 2019? Ah, same old same. It was same old same because you didn't do nothing about it same or same because you didn't do anything about it. So, wives, submit. Respect. Respect is what a man needs. Don't, don't talk anyhow. You know, I've seen some ladies just talk anyhow. Like, anyhow, it's like very bad. You know, if, just even in regular conversations, when they open their mouth and are like, oh my, and my wife knows my favorite line, especially if it's a single person. I'm like, ah, I'll "Oh' marry this one. That's my favorite line. I'm like, ah, I'll marry this one. That's my, that's my favorite line, trust me. So if you open your mouth anyhow and I see you, just know that I've said, ah, I'll marry this one. <laughs> you know, that's, men want to be respected and you have to be a respectful person. It should be part of your own personality as a person. In preparing for this series, I was talking to some ladies. I'm like, what do, you, what, what do you want to hear? I'm like, ah, PJ, men men need to know how to, you know, they need to understand what love is. They need to know how to love a woman. They need to understand what love is. And that's why Jesus said, you know what? Husbands, love your wife. Every complaint of a woman, everything is centered around love. It's centered around that love. That's what they want. Love. Love. Whenever I think of women, I think of the story of Joshua and Caleb. You know, Joshua and Caleb, when Moses sent them and some other men to go spy the promised land, the land that God already has prepared for the Israelites. So they came back, you know, and were like... Oh, the land is so good, this and that, it's so nice, you know, uh, you know let's go, you know, it's going, to be a, oh, God, I mean, it's going to be a great time, you know, God has promised us this, let's go get this land. They're not like, but, there are giants in the land. By the time they said that, people were like, ah, oh, no, no, <laughs> forget it. How can God promise us a land and there are giants in it? There are giants in the land. But they're like, no, but we can still do this. You can still do this, and for a lot of ladies, you know, you you you're dating this guy, you see this guy, and a good guy, everything is okay with him, you know. But you've gone into the promised land. You've gone into your marriage way ahead of time. Oh, a lot of ladies said they've gone into Am I am I real? I'm right, right? You've gone into your marriage. You've seen yourself in the, you know, on, on, the, on the porch, you know, with three children by the poolside, you know, with shades and everything. You've imagined everything, you know. Your, you know, three car garage. You've seen your car outside the way it's, it's parked and everything. Your room, you've even the bed sheet, the colors, how you will change it, where the windows will be. You've seen everything. <laughs> Women go way ahead. If a man is a thinker, a woman is a um, futuristic person. I mean, they've gone way into the future. And their concern is this. You know, this man, this one, with all these pickup lines now, by the time I'm married to you, will you still love me the way you're loving now? You know? After all the four children you want, and the body is different from what you're seeing now, would you still love me the way you are loving me now? Valid concerns. You know, oh, I'm growing older. You know? Things might begin to fall apart at some point. The black might begin to crack. Even though they say black don't crack. But at some point, what if it begins to crack? Will you still watch love me the way you love me now? You know? So women need reassurance at every point in time, every step of the way. When you say you love a woman, you always have to continue to reassure. And that you know what? I got you. Don't worry. I don't love you because of what I see. I love you much more than what I see in front of me. It's deeper than this. We're going to be on this journey together. It's going to be a forever journey. Women need what? Reassurance. Reassurance. Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Cheating is the that, That's the new thing now. That's the new thing. You know? That's the new thing. You have a wife and you have a handbag. That's the new thing. You know? <laughs> hmm. Before you know it now, you will come home. You know? Mm-hmm. A woman needs what? Reassurance. You let her know. When I shared those vows, it's forever. With you, what? Alone. A reassurance. A woman needs protection. She needs what? Protection. Especially from in-laws. When a woman says, I hope you'll protect me, what she's saying, it's not talking about gunshot and all those kind of things. I hope you protect me from your mother. From your mother. Your mother. You know? From your mother. A woman needs what? protection, 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 protection. Will you stand up for me? Will you be there for me? You know, will you be there for me? When people are talking bad about me, will you be able to stand up and just shut them up for me? Protection, protection, and also provision. Yeah, yeah, I will marry you, you know. You are broke now. I know. But we won't be broke forever. Huh? So I hope you will work on this brokenness before you completely break source. Provision. That's why a man, you have to have a plan. You can't sit down handing 30,000, 40,000 for life. No. No. It's unscriptural. The path of the righteous is a shining sun. You're meant to shine brighter and brighter. Things are meant to be better. Things are what? They are meant to be better. Don't stay with a man who is just comfortable, come see, come saw, that's it, nothing, nothing, you know, average, you know, godliness with contentment. That's not what it means. That's not what it means. It means that at every stage in your life, you have to be content with what God has given you. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't stop pushing to be better until the best that God has put on the inside of you is out. You never stop. The woman needs Provision. 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 She also needs to be respected. Don't talk to a woman anyhow. You know, there are different stories of men who beat women or abuse women. Don't do that. I think think now it's even gotten... It's getting so worse now. A lot of people don't even do physical abuse like that as much. It's emotional abuse. Emotional abuse. Don't do that. She was on her own when you went to meet her. You know. You know. Don't be that kind of man. That will put your wife under fear. You know. That talks to her anyhow and treats her anyhow. I don't care the kind of culture or upbringing you have. You do what God says to do. Amen? As I round up this morning, there's something I really want to touch on. And um, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 8 from verse 1 to 11. John 8 from verse 1 to 11 says, But Jesus went to Mount to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when he had set her in the midst, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, and the very in the very act now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what do you say this they said testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear so when they continued asking him he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at our first. And again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. Then those who had it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. Beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one. But the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? As no one condemned you, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Let me me try to illustrate something to you real quick about this. Um, Gabriel, can you come? And um, can you can you come for a second? And Tifa, can you come? I think I need about three people. So Gabriel, you stay here, stay here. You stay here, okay. And Tifa, you stay right there. No, to the side. No, and um, you stay right here. So let's imagine this is a courtroom, right? This is the judge. The judge is God. Okay? The judge is God. This is the person that has been accused of doing something wrong. Okay? And right here, this can be a Pharisee or the devil himself. He's not devil. But let's just, for the sake of this illustration, after this illustration, you stop being the devil. (laughs) In Jesus' name. You know? (laughs) He's right here. And you know in, 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 in court, you have the judge, you have the you have the, the accuser, right? That's the, the, the you know, and you have the, the defendant, you know, you have the defendant and you have the defender, the one defending the defendant. So they came and they said, According to the law of Moses, which you God, you gave Moses, right? God gave the law to Moses. According to that law, what this person has done, hmm? he is meant to be killed and stoned for what he has done. This is what the devil is saying now. Now, God, is not even me now. I didn't even do anything. Like, God, can you, like, just be, you know, just follow through with what you have said as God. What that person has done warrants what death. And God said, you're right. You're right. And what would happen in the Old Testament is that person will face the consequence of what God had said in his law. The law of Moses. Now remember that Jesus did not come To abolish the law so that law is still valid right then when jesus came here is what happened there was never a defender there was never a defendant there was never an advocate up until the time when jesus came so this time around when they take cases to court, whoever is standing there is now standing with Jesus. So every time the devil or whoever or anyone says to God that according to the law, what this person has done, is meant to be killed, is meant to be stoned. What Jesus says to God is, I'd already, I've already paid the price. Now, yes, that law is still valid. But the worst that can happen to this person is death. And I've already paid the price. And then God will tell Jesus, I see that. I see the blood. And because of that, you are discharged and you're free to go. And that's what Jesus said. That if anyone of you here have never seen before, if anyone here has never appeared in this court before, Then you'll be the first person to throw the stone at this person. So, whenever we sin, whenever we make mistakes, and we show up in this court, Jesus is like, God, I hear you. I see the law, but I've paid the price. And Jesus will forever be our advocate always standing here pleading our case. So whenever you leave this court, you live with a clean record. It has never happened before. So instead of him being killed and being stoned, he goes home as a free man, as a free person. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You might be here saying, you know what, I have, you know, I, I, I've heard the sermon from the first teaching, you know, PJ, yeah, you know, don't, don't, yeah, no sex before marriage. But I've, I've had sex before marriage. You know, you might be here and you've, you've gone through broken relationships before. You've messed up. You know, you have this guilt, you have this shame, you know, that you're carrying around you. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel like you deserve the best. What Jesus is saying is this. Regardless, I'm here. I'm here. So you don't have to go through that shame again. What he's saying is that your past does not exempt you from the best that God has for you. Your past never exempts you from the best that God has for you. Don't put yourself down. I know you're not a virgin anymore. It doesn't mean that God would withhold the best that he has for you from you. All he told that woman is this. Sin no more. Now that you know, yes, you had that sleep, But can you make sure you don't do it again? So we don't keep showing up in this court. Sin no more. Sin no more. Don't put yourself down just because of your own past. Everyone has one. The person to your right, the person to your left has one. Everyone, everyone, he will still give you the best that he has planned for you. Don't make up punishments in your own head for the sins that you've committed. All he wants for you, from you, is for you to repent and just give your life to him. And sin no more. Sin no more. If you've been in an abusive relationship before, it can still give you the best of relationships. Whatever it is you've done with your body, it can still give you the best. My mother sees me every day and she blesses God for me. Little did I know that the one that was meant to be before me was aborted. God didn't say, I will punish you. you, I won't give you a good child. I'm a blessing to my parents. Your past never exempts you from the best that God has for you. If God hasn't condemned you, don't allow anyone to ever condemn you. And in the name of Jesus, you would not miss the best that he has planned for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shall we rise up on our feet this morning?